Good morning. Give me a minute. Huh? I'm going to try and. Oh dear. Okay. Sorry, uh, this computer face recognition, so I got it. They don't need to recognize my face. It's not. Yeah. Ah, uh, good morning. Good to see you. So sad. But then I understand. When they say next week, got refreshment. Yeah! Woo! And then Pastor Stephen speaking. Generally, the, the response, the reaction. We are starting a new series, okay? Uh, I think Pastor Daniel talked about it last week. Uh, we are starting a series on our 10 cultural responsibilities. High Point Life's 10 cultural responsibilities. Now, um, why this series? Because we're talking about kingdom culture, and I believe that the 10 cultural responsibilities of High Point Life reflect that. Uh, it is also... Uh, something that reflects the heartbeat of this church, the DNA, as you, as you will. Um, and I, for one, I just pray and I hope that you would bring friends who want to know a little bit more of this church so that when they hear what we stand for, uh, at least they will know us a little better. Yeah? Um, now, Pastor Daniel mentioned there are some empty chairs. I know it's a long weekend, but always these first two chairs so sad to see. Now, I know you believe that God is here, but He is not occupying this front row. You are will, you're welcome to take the front row for yourselves, all right? And let Him uh, move amongst us. Okay, today we're going to start on cultural responsibility number one. Anybody? What's our first cultural, resp what's our first cultural responsibility? First one. I will champion the kingdom, kingdom-minded, being kingdom-minded. I will champion the kingdom I am a part of. That is our cultural responsibility, number one. All right? And today we are just going to focus on number one. Uh, the next two weeks will be a little bit special, but I'll leave that uh, for next week. Okay, entice you a little bit. Now, okay, I want to start off by... Seeing this, huh? Political magazine, um, political magazine, that's a German thing, in 2018, they ran an article on the American ambassador to Germany, and it was a very negative article. And in that article, uh, they mentioned, can I have the next picture, please? Uh, in that article, it was mentioned that this man, Richard Grenell, his picture, uh, Richard Grenell is the most unpopular uh, American envoy to go to Britain. All right? Uh, and, and, they, and for them, they call it Botschafter. Botschafter means ambassador. And Botschafter, the actual meaning of the word Botschafter is this. Botschafter simply means messenger. And the reason why the Germans uh, saw this man so negatively, in fact, gave him such a lot of pressure, and uh, they, were, they, they said he was very unpopular, and you know, they, they didn't like him at all, 
simply because of who he represented. Uh, Germany at that time really had no time for Donald Trump. So Trump was the president. Richard Grenell happens to be the face that represents Donald Trump. And so they went after him from day one until eventually uh, Richard Grenell had to be recalled back to the U.S. All right. Now, I want to say this. This is what happens when we represent the kingdom. Um, people would look at us and they would see who we represent. They may not necessarily look at us. They would see who we represent. Okay? Uh, and so I have got four points today. And uh, the first point is this. Number one, the Bible calls us ambassadors. Jesus has appointed us to be his ambassadors. And as an ambassador, it simply means a boshafter. We are messengers. We are the face of who we represent. Okay? And we become um, uh, the representation, representatives of the kingdom that we are a part of. So the first point is this. We're going to look at the ambassador's appointment. Okay? And that is where it all begins. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, it's there on your screen. And it says this. We're reading from verse 18, all right? And then we will look at verse 20. This is a gift from God. Now, what gift is this? The fact that we're all new creation, creations. Huh? Um, that's, that's what it says in the, in, the, in the, what do you call it? The preceding verse. So this is a gift from God who brought us back to Himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconcile, reconciling people to Him. So we are Christ's ambassadors. Listen, church, this is what happened with us. Once upon a time, you and I were enemies of God. Now, you may sit down there and think, but I was never really an enemy. If you're opposed to what God is for, you're an enemy. God is opposed to sin. Sin was part of our nature. God... Uh, God is opposed to hatred. God is opposed to jealousy. God is opposed to the things of the world. God is opposed. But we were followers of these things. So by nature, the Scripture tells us we were at enmity with God. And so this is the story. The gospel, at the end of the day, is at the heart of everything. We were at enmity with God. We were opposed to everything that God was doing. Some of us more than others, but still we were in the opposition camp. Some of us have even cursed God and said, why are you doing this? If you're really God, why is this happening in the world? Uh, we've, we've known these things. This was part of our nature before. And then God took the trouble to reach out to us and He reconciled us through Jesus Christ back to Himself. He took the initiative. He reached out and reconciled us to Himself. 
And then he does not look at our past and take, and take our past into account. Despite the fact that we were enemies of God, he not only reconciled us to himself, he then appointed us and says, I want you to represent me. I want you to go into the world. And there, you become my face. You become my voice. You represent me. I am your king. You represent me. You represent our kingdom because you are a part of this now. Isn't that amazing, church? Come on. For me, that blows my mind. God could have done so much better than choose me. God could have done so much better than to choose me. But He did. And you and I, now in the world, where you are, we have the privilege of being ambassadors for Christ. That's a privilege. That's an honor. And just being here, being in our world, that itself tells me that the gospel is really at the heart of everything. Why am I doing this? Why am I here? Because of the gospel. I was once an enemy. God reached out to me, reconciled me to himself, and then, despite my past, despite the things that I said about him, despite the way I used to think of him, despite the way I used to live my life, God turns to me and he says, Stephen, I want you to be my representative. Would you do that? Go into the world. Be my ambassador. And so now, I want you to know this. My success, the success of any ambassador is not judged by his or her popularity. The success of any ambassador is not judged by, by, by how he, 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 the things that he buys for his embassy or his, you know, the ambassador's house. The success of an ambassador is judged by how faithfully and how accurately he or she represents his, his or her kingdom. That is how an ambassador would be judged. And so, my success as an ambassador of Christ is judged by not how much wealth I've accumulated, what car I drive, what house I live in. It's not even judged by which church I belong to. It's not judged by how well, how, how often I come to church. My success as a believer of Jesus Christ, as a Christian, as an ambassador of Christ, is judged by how faithfully and accurately I represent my King and my Kingdom. Of course, God is a much better leader than Donald Trump. Huh? But that is just an example. That is the gospel already. Alright? That God could take somebody like me and hold me up in the world and say, remember him? Remember him who was your friend? He is mine now. And I trust him to represent me. Wow. Wow. That's why we could sing those songs this morning. I was so blessed by the worship. 
so much to worship, so much to thank God for. So much that flows out because of the fact that God doesn't hold my past and remind me, remember you were like that? How can I trust you? No. He reached out to me and he said, represent me. So the ambassador's appointment. The second movement is this, the ambassador's assignment. We're looking we're going back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 18. Again, the same verse. This is a gift from God who brought us back to Himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to Him. It's a task. You know, when the ambassador is called and given this appointment, the next thing he, next thing he would be uh, that would be done, would, he would be told what is expected of him. He would be given his task. He would be given his assignment. And, if, and, and even if you are here and you are working in a secular world and you move from job to job, when you move to a new job, you will be given what they call a job specs. And you are expected to go through the job specs and know your job description before you learn the ropes in the company. Because they hired you for a purpose. You got to know your job specs. As an ambassador of Jesus Christ, what is your job specs? All right? Very simple. The verse tells us this. You have been reconciled to God. Now, your job is to help others. Is to bring others. Is to help bring others to Him. That is your job. All right. Now, there are Christians who go through all their lives asking the question, the same question they used to ask before they became Christians. What is the purpose of life? What is the purpose of life? You know, one of the, one of the contractors, uh, the main contractor who was doing up our house uh, before we moved, um, just recently, and I'm going to follow up with him, we were, I was having tea with him. And um, you know, he loves traveling, and so I, I also love traveling. So we were talking about traveling, and I told him, you know, that we did this, and then, then we, went for a little, we went for a cruise and, and all that. And he said, Stephen, can I, can I say this? Huh? And I said, what's that, Michael? And he said, can I say that this is the real meaning of life, purpose of life? And I said, no, Michael, this is a good part of life, but it's not the purpose of life. It's not the meaning of life. Then, then Michael told me this. You know, I've been asking this question ever since I was young. What is the purpose of life? So what is your opinion? And I looked at him with a smile and I said, Michael, you don't know. You do know you're asking this question uh, from a pastor. And then he laughed. He said, yes. And then I started to share with him. And he says, I want to talk to you more. So I'm making an appointment to see him. I hope I can see him this week. But <laughs> this is a question many people ask before they become Christians. What is the purpose of life? And then they become Christians and they're so excited about their newfound faith and years down the line, they ask the same question. I still haven't found my purpose or meaning. And for me, that's sad because... It's there in your face as you read the Bible. I have reconciled you to me and now I give you the task 
of reconciling others to me. That is your purpose. That is right there your job specs. It cannot be any clearer. It cannot be more plain. Can you see that, church? And we keep asking. You know why we keep asking? Because uh, that one I don't want to do. Lah. That one a bit uncomfortable. Anything else? I, I, I want to know what my purpose is. Anything, but not this. But I'm sorry to say, God has called you and called me to be His representative. And God has called us. And this is our uh, assignment. He has appointed you, now He's assigning you. And He says, this is your job. Know your mission and then do it. We are here, church, listen, we are here to win people. That's why we are here. We are not here to win arguments about which faith is real. We are not here to win promotions in your job. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm saying that we are not here for that. We are not here to win big contracts for our business. It's not a bad thing, but that's not why we are here. We are not here to win favor from people. Again, that's not a bad thing, but that's not the primary purpose for our existence. We are here to win people, period. That's what the church is here for. You are where you are by design. Listen to that. You are where you are by design. You are in that particular family by divine design. God put you there. God mapped it out for you. So you, have, you know your mission. It starts with your family. It starts with your parents. It starts with your siblings. It starts with your children. So many Christian parents don't communicate their faith with their children. The children look at them and they don't see a difference between their parents and the parents of children in the world. Their parents are busy chasing after things of the world. The parents are busy chasing after the promotion, busy chasing after the contract, busy chasing after his commissions and doing all that. No time to talk to the children about the purpose of life. No time to talk to the children about Jesus. No time to even model for them what it is to follow Jesus after your whole heart. The children grow up confused as to where they belong. And they think they belong in this world because that is the setting at home. You are in that family by design, by divine design. You are in that school by divine design. I wish I was in another place. I'm, you're there. Because God has appointed you and assigned you. You'll be my representative there. You help bring people to me there. So bring your families to God. Bring your school friends, your college friends to God. You are in that particular company by divine design. Bring your colleagues to God. You are in that neighborhood by divine design. Do your neighbors know that this home is a Christian home, that they are a little bit different, that they 
wish me in the morning when they see me. They raise their hands. They are friendly. There's something about this home that's different from all the other homes in the neighborhood. You are in this church by divine design. So the question is this, how faithfully are you pursuing your assignment? How faithfully are you pursuing your assignment? The third one, the ambassador's announcement. So we have looked at them, the ambassador's appointment, the ambassador's assignment, now the ambassador's announcement. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us and we speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So, the assignment is one thing. We were given a message. We, we have a message, an announcement, an anthem, if you will. All right? Because that is the kingdom we represent, the king we represent. We have an anthem. We have an announcement, a message. And listen, what is that message? It's the gospel. I said it's all about the gospel. And we don't edit the message so that it sounds more palatable. An ambassador, <coughs> when he makes an announcement on behalf of his king or country, he cannot and must never edit the message so that the local people would find it palatable. If the country has a foreign policy that goes against the ambassador's nation and king, they would give him an announcement to make, and sometimes it's an uncomfortable announcement, an uncomfortable message to say that the country is not, um, does not see this policy um, uh, to be beneficial or to be helpful, or we are opposed to this particular policy. The world does not like to hear the gospel because the Bible tells us that it is an offense to them. Yeah? It is an offense to them. The gospel is offensive, yes, because the gospel points you out and tells you that you will never be good enough. The gospel points you out and calls you by your name, people reject. You're a sinner and you need to be saved. So it, it is unpalatable. It is not comfortable um, uh, to, to the world. But we have been given this message of reconciliation. And church, we do not edit the message to make it more palatable, to make it more acceptable. There are churches that now um, sugarcoat the message. Listen, you cannot be the salt of the earth if you continue to sugarcoat your message. Correct? Salt and sugar, completely opposite of one another. 
You cannot be the salt of the earth if you continue to sugarcoat your message. We cannot compromise the message that we have been entrusted. We are the voice of the kingdom we represent. You are the voice of the kingdom you represent. When people listen to you, what do they think about the kingdom you represent? You know, this man, this young man, uh, now not so young, 33 years old, still young, la, very young, uh, Jeremy Lin, next picture. He was an NBA basketball player, he's a Taiwanese Chinese, uh, went to the US, took the NBA by storm about 10 years ago. Um, and he said this, he's a believer. And he said this, from the sense of being an ambassador for Jesus Christ, hopefully through my story and through all the improbables and the miracles that happened in my life, people are inspired or at least a little bit warmer to the idea of exploring who Jesus is. He's a basketball player and, and he could have just said, no, my job is to play basketball and earn as much as I can because the basketball career is a short one. All right? That could have been his goal and his dream. He says, no, my goal and my dream is to represent the kingdom that I am a part of. I am an ambassador for Jesus. And so when he's on the court, he represents, even on the court, he represents Jesus. The way he takes defeat, the way he takes victory, the way he plays the game with fairness. He does everything as an ambassador for Christ. The way he speaks, because he is given a message to speak, an announcement to make, and, his, and that has been his anthem, even as a basketball player in a country that, that, that really criticizes people who wear their faith on their sleeves. Jeremy Lin wore his faith on his sleeve, and he wasn't embarrassed about the message. This is how we are to be, church. All right? The ambassador's announcement. We go to our final one. The ambassador's attachment. All right? The ambassador's attachment. All the ambassador's allegiance. Now, uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. Above all... Next, please. Yeah. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit, one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Again, it's all about the gospel. And, and, and Paul says this, you need to conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel. Uh, you must live as a citizen of heaven because that's where you belong. And he says that even if I don't see you, I will hear about you, that you're standing together with one spirit, one purpose, and fighting together for the faith. All the time, living in such a way that all the time you're so aware of who you represent. You know, a um, few years ago, my wife and I, we went to Tokyo, first time in our lives, and we, we, we went there for a little holiday, and I had a friend who was not Japanese staying in Tokyo. Next picture. This is, uh, you would know her because she spoke, I think, last year in our church uh, through video. Her Excellency, uh, Ndioi Mutiti. 
She is the Zambian ambassador to Japan. And she, so we went to her house. Uh, we had dinner with her. It was almost Christmas time, in fact. Uh, and so we really had a good time with her, uh, enjoying ourselves, uh, laughing at her stories. And she told us stories about Africa and all of that. Um, now, the thing that I want to talk to you about is this. She is Zambia's ambassador to Japan. Now, Japan, of course, you know, it's, it's, it's a developed country. Uh, they have their own culture, a very strong culture in Japan. You know, we went to her house. I remember it was a beautiful house, well lit and decorated and all of that. And in, Jap in Japan, you take off your shoes when you walk in. The moment we went there, we, wanted to, we were about to take off our shoes, and she said, she came to the door and said, Hi, Stephen. Hello, Flora. And, you know, and then she said this, Welcome to the kingdom of Zambia. I didn't go to Africa. I'm in Japan. But she said this at the door, welcome to the kingdom of Zambia. And there was a huge Zambian flag that was there in the hall, outside the house, and there before you walk in. And she says, welcome to the kingdom of Zambia. Here you don't need to take off your shoes, but if you're not comfortable, these are shoes for the house. You can wear them. So we wore the shoes and we went in. And all the time when she was in there, she was so conscious of the fact that she was in Japan, but she was not of Japan. She was Zambian, proudly Zambian. You not only have the message, you are the message. All right? Get that, huh? You not only have the message, you are the message. Your allegiance, my allegiance is to my king and my kingdom. That's my allegiance. It's not to this world. Okay, remember, all ambassadors are also aware that they are not there forever. They're only there for a period of time as long as the assignment takes, as long as they, they do the assignments for that period of time. That's it. So they don't have a growing attachment to where they are. Although it can be a beautiful place like Japan. Much better than Zambia, I'm sure. Right, of course, except for the wild animals. But, but it, 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 it is. Of course, Japan is an amazing country. I mean, so modern. Right? But her allegiance, my allegiance, is to my king and my country. King and country. King and kingdom. My conduct is dictated by my representation of my king. Okay? That's how my conduct is dictated. Now, yesterday I saw Andy Oi post something on Facebook. And this was what she posted. This, she says this, my sincere... She's back in Zambia, by the way. Zambian, uh, uh, the, the, the Zambian government called her back, gave her a promotion. Now she is head of the election commission in Zambia because she, was, she did so well as an ambassador, uh, that they felt that this was a lady that can take the country into the future. And so she's now the election commission head. Anyway, she says that my sincere condolences to His Majesty, the Emperor, the family, government, and people of Japan on the passing on of the former Prime Minister, Shinzo Abe. He was committed to Africa. Speaking as representing her king. He was a friend. 
he was committed to Africa. She could just say he was my friend. I've known him. No. Still thinking of herself as a representative as a representative of the one who appointed her. That is how an ambassador thinks. That is how an ambassador conducts himself. He's not concerned about his own rights because he, he no longer, he, he, he has given up his rights to now represent his king. So what the king wants, even if it's uncomfortable for him, he would do. If the king wants this to be announced, he would do it. To make this press statement, he would do it, even if it's uncomfortable for him, because it's not about his rights. He cannot turn around and tell the king, I'm not comfortable with this, I'm not going to do You cannot force me, ma. There's no such thing anymore. You are the representative of your king, you're the representative of your kingdom. You know, in the 1800s, when Britain ruled and the, and the sun never set on the British Empire, uh, they had officers, um, military officers that were in many, many various parts of the world. And not all of them conducted themselves well. All right? Even though it was a military thing, they were still expected to conduct themselves well because they represented the queen or the king. At that time, it was the king. Like 1800s, Queen Victoria could be the queen also. All right? Um, and every now and then, when somebody misbehaves, they would be court-martialed to a military court. Officers of rank. Okay? And they would be condemned and they would be charged. They would even be imprisoned. They would be stripped of their rank and all the rewards that come with it because of behavior unbecoming of an officer and a gentleman. That is what happens. So you can say, but this is a war, it's my, 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 it's my business, how I, as long as I have to protect myself or so, ma. No, you still conduct yourself as an officer and a gentleman because you represent the queen or the king and our country. So they are stripped of their ranking, they are stripped of any rewards that they would have earned or they thought they earned because of behavior unbecoming of an officer and a gentleman. Listen, church, what you are should represent whose you are. Did we get that? What you are should represent whose you are. You belong to the King of Kings. And what you are should represent who you belong to, the kingdom you belong to. That is your attachment. That is where your allegiance lies. As ambassadors, our lives are lived in the interest of the kingdom and our king. The interest of our kingdom and our king. It is not lived in the interest of self. I will champion the kingdom I'm a part of. Okay, I'm just going to end with some brief take-homes, okay? Because we're talking about ambassadors today. Number one, take-home. Take-home number one, despite my past, God has extended invitation for me to be, the, to be His ambassador. That, to me, 
It's the fundamental thing. He doesn't count my past against me. And he wants me to represent him as, a, as his ambassador here in our world. Number two, my assignment is temporary. Listen, uh, my assignment is temporary. Therefore, I will not put down roots in a foreign land. No ambassador goes to a foreign land and say, okay, this is my home. No, that's not home. Home is elsewhere. And I would call home maybe twice a day, every day, as how the family is doing, how her husband is doing, how are things at home, how are things with the family, how are things with all this, how's the situation back home. That is where the longing is. They don't put down roots in a foreign land. The Bible tells us that we are in this world, but we are not of it. The people who put, the Christians who put roots down into this world are going to be the most disappointed Christians. I believe that. Because they've forgotten that this is a temporary assignment. We cannot be comfortable here. We should not be comfortable here. Number three, I am God's spokesperson. Number three, I am God's spokesperson. I have been carefully placed to win people for the kingdom. You're not where you are by coincidence or accident. You are where you are by divine appointment. In that house. You don't look at another home and I wish my house was like that. How nice to be in that house. Why am I in this house? You are there because this house can change because of you. That's your assignment. To be God's ambassador. I wish I was in another country. Haven't we all thought of that? You're here to make a difference. You're here to represent your kingdom. This is not your home. We are here for a short while. And then we are home. Number four. Ambassadors speak for their king and kingdom. They speak of their king and kingdom. Yes, whenever she speaks of Zambia, she spoke with so much of pride. Are you embarrassed to talk about your king? Are you embarrassed to talk about your kingdom? Or are you so proud to be a part of that kingdom and to belong to that king? To have that king call you and appoint you? But not just speak of the king and kingdom, we are asked to speak for the king and kingdom. We have a message for the world to hear. That message should continually be on our lips. Now, if you don't know what the message is, you need help. You can't be a Christian if you don't know the message because you became a Christian as a result of that message. Am I right? Come on. You became a Christian as a result of that message. If you tell me, I don't know what message, means I, I'm telling you right now, I think you need to hear the message because you're not a believer. You can't believe in something you don't know, ma. Right? You should know what the message is. So, ambassadors speak for your king and kingdom. Number five, my allegiance is only for my king and kingdom, and I will celebrate the kingdom's successes. You know, one of my pet peeves is this, huh? I'll share with you. Okay, my pet peeve. 
I really cannot stand it when I see Christians posting on Facebook or social media and run down another church or run down another Christian and say, what kind of a church? What kind of, a, what kind of church? Why this church like that? Why the, uh, that for me is a major pet peeve. Because no church is perfect, huh, by the way. But they are part of the kingdom. They may, they, may going, they may be going through a challenge. Your job, pray for them. Because you've championed the kingdom you're a part of. And when people run them down, your job is not to tambalagi. Your job is to say, we don't really know the full picture because we are not there. I'm sure there are reasons for what's happening. But I know this, I know good people there. And just give them time, they will come out of this. Don't run down the body of Christ because you only hurt Jesus. Am I right? When Saul, before he became Paul, was going to persecute Christians and Jesus encountered him on the road to Damascus, what did Jesus say? Why are you persecuting me? Not the Christians. He didn't say, why are you persecuting the Christians? Huh? He didn't say that. Why are you persecuting me? You only hurt Jesus when you do that. When you hear a church growing, your job is not to say, I'm sure uh, the reason why they grow because they steal sheep. Common, right? Celebrate. Celebrate. Because they are, we are all on the same team. They are part of the kingdom. We want the kingdom to grow. Even if people go, it only means what? Maybe they don't steal sheep. Maybe they plant better grass. Sheep just go there and eat long. So we plant good grass here, lah. Cannot. Let's do that. Celebrate the kingdom successes. Finally, and this is the most important. When I prioritize the kingdom's interests, the king takes care of my interests. Let's hear an amen for that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. All these things added to you. When I prioritize the kingdom's interests, and sometimes we think, yo, if I do that, I will lose out of my job, I lose out of my promotion, I lose. You don't lose. Because if you lose, God is a liar. Got it? If you lose, God is a liar. When you prioritize the kingdom's interests, the king takes care of your interests. And my family, we have experienced that. You know? You know my background. I never had the opportunity because I grew up with a sing my single mother brought me up. Right? I didn't have opportunities many people had. We didn't have the money to send. My mom didn't have the money to send us to university. And so I had to start working early. And then I moved from teaching to... And all the while telling my wife, you know, we may not have a lot of things other people have. And then, we, you know, when I got a, finally got a business, had some money, God called me to go full-time. And so I had to give up the salary, went full-time. And you know what? Never has God not taken care of our interests. 
never. We put our children through university. We didn't owe the banks a cent. Somehow God provided. We have gone on holidays. We have gone on good trips together. And I see Ten Hao nodding his head. Let's do it again. God has taken care of our interests. The King takes care of our interests when we prioritize the kingdom's interests. He's that kind of King. So I want to challenge you. You're not going to lose out. You only stand to gain. Let's stand together. Come. Cultural high point lives, cultural responsibility number one. I will champion kingdom minded. I will be kingdom minded and I will champion the kingdom I am a part of. I will play my role as a representative of my king. And I will celebrate my kingdom. Those of you who are Christians or call yourself Christians and you don't know your purpose, I pray this morning you would have got it. This is what we are called to do, to be God's representative. This is what we are called to do, to be His spokesman because He has appointed us. He doesn't hold your past against you. Those of you who don't know, who have never who've never felt that calling and never felt that I am really a Christian, I know what the message is and I want to be a part of this and you are interested. Maybe you could take your phone now, type yes, that's Y-E-S, send it to this number, 01137-011537. Just type yes, send it to this number, somebody would get in touch with you. For the rest of you, Know your mission. And do it. Knowing it is not good enough. Doing it is what counts. Doing it is what counts. Be the ambassador in your home. Be the ambassador in your schools. Be the ambassador in your, in your office. Be the ambassador in your neighborhood. Hey, be the ambassador in this church. And let's celebrate the King and the kingdom together. Let's bow our heads. Come. I'm throwing this challenge out to you as your heads are bowed. I want you to tell God, Lord, thank you that you didn't consider my enmity against you something that you wanted to hold on to, but you've called me and reconciled me to you. And now you've appointed me to be your representative. And I... I am determined to be your representative in my world. That is my purpose. That is my calling. Lord, I want, we want to thank you. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for giving us, for appointing us and giving us this assignment. What a privilege it is to represent the King of Kings. It's the greatest appointment, the greatest privilege anybody could have. And that privilege was given to us 
ordinary people. And you've taken us and you've made us extraordinary people because now we are ambassadors of Christ. Spirit of God, would you just empower us so that we become the faces, the voices of our King in our world. Give us your heart so that we could love people the way you love and treat people the way you treat and speak to people the way you speak. Empower us to be, to, to be able to help bring others to be reconciled to you. That is our assignment. And Lord, may we as ambassadors realize we are here for a short while. Our allegiance cannot be to this place. It is to you and our kingdom. And Lord, I pray that we will not put roots in a world that will will fail in a world that will end that our roots would go down deep into you and we're able to draw from you as the branch draws life from the vine thank you again thank you again for everything and even as we pursue the interests of the kingdom, we surrender ourselves to you and we know that you will take care of our interests. We thank you for your word because we know your word never fails. We know that you are not a man that you should lie. When you have declared a truth and a promise, you will see it through. And we believe you. We trust you. And so, Lord, as we step out into our world right now, as your ambassadors. Lord, may we do it with all confidence and excitement that this assignment is a high calling and a privilege. Use us this week in our world, in our families, wherever you have placed us. We ask this all in the mighty, precious name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, and all of God's people say, Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you.